Welcome to episode 3 of Limp to the Finish. Today I'm joined by multi-marathon runner Trevor Keeling, who's run lots of marathons in his life. London many times, won a marathon, so I thought it'd be great to chat to. So, Trevor, what made you start running? Because um, I gave up smoking and I needed something to do to fill in the time. And what made you start doing long distance running? Because uh, I realised that I wasn't really much of a sprinter and that I was more of an endurance athlete. And when did you enter your first marathon? Uh, 1987 at uh, Abingdon in Berkshire. Any reason for that marathon? Mainly because uh, our friends lived, lived there and we had somewhere to stay for the weekend. So when did you, after that Abingdon race, you decided to do a few others before London? Uh, yeah, I did. Uh, the trouble is, it, it was hard to get into London then. It still is now. <laughs> so, uh, so having failed, I sort of did other marathons before I did London. I did one down in Tor, Tor Bay, Torquay, because it was a good excuse for a good weekend away. And then I think then I did the first London. I think I did, which was in 1989. And I just just did three hours and three minutes, and then I realised that I could sort of dip under the uh, three hours. It's like a magic number for the marathon, so I could dip. I realised I could dip dip under the three hours. Yeah, well, it's two hours now as a magic number, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah. So, <coughs> and what was your fastest marathon? Uh, that was two hours forty six minutes and twelve seconds at uh, London in 1993. My plan is to do it in like six, seven hours. Uh-huh. So, which is like the total extreme from yours. Uh, and then you carried on doing London for, how many times did you do London? I did in total? London nine times in total. Nine times? Yeah. And how many marathons did you done in total? Uh, 25, if you include off-road. 25? Yeah. So... He didn't decide to go for the 26? Oh, right, no, no, no. Uh, 25. 25. 25 and retired. So, I think that's enough. I'm I'm planning on doing one, and then <laughs> that's about it. So, what was the most memorable marathon? I think that was um, after I did London in 1993. I did the Langdale Marathon, which is um, up, up, up in the Lake District. And that was in the October of that year, and I actually managed to win that one. So I expect that was the most memorable because I've actually got a trophy for that. Yeah, trophy and prize money at the time? <laughs> no, prize money. Yeah. So, but, well, congratulations on winning a marathon. Thank you. You've still got the trophy somewhere? Yeah, it's, 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 um, it's glass pint tankard engraved. <laughs> oh, very nice. How many years between the first like London Marathon and your last London Marathon? Oh, um, did the first one in 1989, I think. And the last one was about 2001. Did you notice any difference between... Well, it, was two different, it was two different courses then. Oh, okay. So, you used to start off, you um, used to finish across... Uh, Westminster Bridge and then uh, they changed the course and you finished up in uh, St James's St James's Park yeah up the Pall Mall finished up the Pall Mall so where you where we finish 
where you finished now. Now, yeah. Not Pal Mal, the Mal. The Mal, yeah. Sorry, yeah, the Mal. <laughs> That's because you got bigger. There's so many more people. They couldn't finish on, on the uh, on the green. So apart from the route difference, was there anything different, like from the crowds, from the organisation? Uh, well, apart from the fact that it got got a lot larger, it went from I don't know how many it was when I first run it. Um, it's sort of almost quadrupled in size, I think. And so there's, the starts got a bit more congested. Uh, they put in new starts. Uh, they brought in various other uh, things, like uh, you could run for your football team. I actually ran for Stevenage Borough one year. Yeah. Uh, because they um, they came to sort of prominence because um, they drew with Newcastle at home and then took them up to St James's. Yeah. And so, on the strength of that, I got a uh, place in London, which I I hadn't had a place. I got a place to run for for uh, Stevenage Borough, and uh, I spent the first six miles running with Steve Cram, which was um, fast. I was going to say, was that was that interesting running with Steve? It was. Uh, it was. We, we had a conversation for the first mile, and after that, I just grunted. <laughs> did he? Uh, did you have to drop back a bit then? And yeah. uh, did you have you run with any other sporting legends or celebs? Um, not that I can think of. Not that I can remember. A couple of rhinos, I think, have overtaken, but. <laughs> yeah, was, I think the infamous rhinos. Yeah, but I think apart from that. Uh, Steve Cram is my uh, claim to fame. That's good. If you could run a mile with Steve Cram. Well, yeah, I ran about the first six, Steve, until I realised I was going far too fast. Yeah. That's what I'm working on at the moment is pace. Did a run this morning, did a 5k this morning, and just trying to... The first half is downhill, the second half is uphill, and it's just trying to pace myself on the first half. I've got enough energy going uphill. That's right. It's all about pace. It's all about pacing. I used to try and run the first half, or run the second half as fast as I ran the first half. What's your main advice to anyone running any marathon, kind of starting from scratch, new enough? I could do a 5K, but that's about it. Um, I think it's just learn. You have to just learn to sort of listen to your body and exactly what, what you can maintain, because... 26 miles, I mean, whether you're out there for three hours or seven hours, it's still, you've still got to maintain the, the same sort of pace. There's nothing, I don't think there's anything worse than running too fast and then having to suffer. Yeah. I mean, that's why, what I did for the first couple of marathons. So you get to sort of 20 miles and then you've got to start walking and uh, it's a bit disheartening. Whereas if you can, if you can maintain the same pace all the way around, yeah. It makes it a lot a lot more pleasurable. Pleasure's the right word. <laughs> what was the most enjoyable marathon? I think the most enjoyable one was um the last one, last London I ever did. Because um I hadn't really trained for it. I knew that I could I could do it and I just I just ran uh just at a very comfortable pace for me and I've sort of suddenly realised there's lots of things around the course that I'd never seen before. Because before you're always focused on yeah. finishing well. Yeah. Always focused on the uh, 
just right right in front of us, ten yards in front. Right, yeah. So uh, obviously these days, you know, people listen to music and have all the fancy gizmos and everything, but uh, you never carry your Walkman no. with you. And no, uh, I never listen to music. Dangerous. What do you think now of the marathon runners with the camel packs and the everything else they're doing compared with? Well, I don't know. I mean, depending on where you're running, but if you're running London, I think having a ca camel pack and having is unnecessary, really. It's a uh, lack of um, lack of uh, training. Okay. So, you know, why I see because I, I know. I mean, take the water stations as they come, but there's no no reason to take additional water. Yeah. If you need additional water, you haven't trained hard enough. Fair enough. In my view. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, and obviously it was just water then, no liquor's aid or any... Oh, no, towards, um, towards the end, well, not the end, but towards uh, the late or mid-90s, you could get carbohydrate drinks uh, sort of in powder form and then you, sort of, you could mix it up in a bottle and you could leave those bottles along along the way yeah which which I used to use which does help does replace some of the uh, some of the salts that are lost yeah because now a lot of people use gels and things yeah, like I've that never, I've never used a gel I've always found them well say I've never used them I always found them um, made me feel ill I know a few people that have said that. So, so your dad used to run. Yeah, he started running uh, when he retired. So, you know that was 80, 86, I think eighty-seven. So he copied you then. He yeah got inspiration from you, and he's run marathon. He's run a couple. He's run the London, and he's run uh, Stevenage marathon. Imagine, and you ran the same the Stevenage the same year. Uh, the second time round, yeah. Yeah. And then your daughters both have run marathons? Yep, they have now. Tony used to run, um, well, there used to be a Sunday Times fun run, and she did that one year with me. Uh, well, we, we had a family team, which we actually won. So, I don't, we didn't get anything for it, I don't think, apart from certificate. But we actually won our combined times. Added together was the best out of the three generation. Oh, okay. So that was with your dad. And Tony. Tony. Oh, that's good. Myself, yeah. So, that would that was it nice to run with your your family? You no, you didn't run. So you run in different age <coughs> groups. Okay. And they just took the times from different age groups and added them together at the end. So you didn't really know you'd won until it was printed up in the Sunday Times. Oh, okay. So a couple of days later. Yeah. So. Your daughters have both run. Tony's run London, and then last year was that this year? This D year. This year. Yeah. Um, they both did Brighton together. But uh, are you proud watching both your daughters? Cold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. It's very good. I ne never thought um, Tony's always been sort of fairly interested in running, but I never thought Angie would. But she's getting in. She's getting more involved now, more, uh, more keen. Yeah, I've noticed that. So, what was your most memorable London marathon? Uh, yeah, one year, uh, Chris, my, uh, my friend, proposed to uh, 
his well now wife uh, on uh, Tower Bridge as we were going across around about the halfway stage. Were you running with him at the at the time? Yeah, he veered off, made the proposal, but I didn't stop and wait for him. <laughs> no, not going to stop and wait for the answer. But oh, that's good. Did he catch you up afterwards, or did he? He finished though, didn't he? Oh yeah. Yeah. He just took a break, a little break. So, did you ever deviate from running? Yeah, I used to do uh, triathlons just for a break in the summer mainly, uh, just to keep some fitness up because uh, the legs used to take a bit of a pounding. And uh, I used to also do cycling time trials, 10 mile time trials. Do you enjoy the triathlons? Um, yes, sort of. But I was never very good at the uh, swimming, so I was always trying to make everything up on the bike and and the running at the end okay because i was always a bit slow as a swimmer did you do you do well at the triathlons um not so much not so much because of the swimming but uh because of uh my running and the, the way i used to train and everything it uh, drew the attention of um one of the head coaches of the uh, british triathlon association and they asked me if I could uh, coach some of the um, uh, age age um, triathletes, ah, okay. some of the younger ones, so um, well, and older ones. So I was actually doing um, a lot of uh, coaching, and I got my coaching certificate, and um, uh, for for triathletes, so for for the runners. Ah, okay. So you were an official triathlete, British triathlete coach. Uh, yeah, yeah, one time. For one time? Yeah, for a little while, yeah. Until they got better at running than I was, so. <laughs> That's good, you coached them to, to that level. So, did you find that the, the triathlons helped with your, uh, with your marathon running? Um, mainly because it was uh, a change. So it was, because it wasn't just so like pounding out miles after miles because uh, at one time I was doing um, well I think I worked it out that I was uh, running more than I was actually driving the car I was doing nearly 100 miles a week running so yeah and over certain periods and then during the summer I'd uh, cut back on that and I needed something else to do so the triathlon was, was quite helpful because it just maintained sort of the fitness level before I started back on uh, Getting back into the into the running and the training again. That's good. So, what was what was the worst marathon you've done, or your worst experience in a marathon or running? There was. There used to be. I don't know whether they still do it, but there used to be a series of uh, runs where um, you used to sign up, and I can't think who who the sponsor was. But you could be you could be running. They didn't tell you until sort of quite late on exactly where where the course was, and it was all off road. And I only did it once, and that was up uh, in southwest Scotland. And you did one marathon over two days, but it was more like orienteering than marathon running. So you had to read the map, get from one point to the next point, yeah. and it was. Um, there was no no road involved, and it was climbing up the sides of hills, mountains, running through lakes, and yeah, 
or streams, not lakes, but streams. And uh, I vowed never ever to do to, to do that again. It was okay. not the most enjoy. And you had to take all your kit with you, so you had to camp out overnight. So you had to take a tent with you and a sleeping bag, all in a rucksack. Okay, that that's like the next level. That was yeah, that was a level too too much really. Yeah, I, I think they still do it because I'm sure I heard. Yeah, I think it's north. Is it north? That, that you only find out in the morning. Yeah, basically, you, the route. you drive, you, you you know roughly where it is. Yeah. But you, you're not given a route map uh, until in the morning, and you've got to have uh, orienteering skills plus camping skills plus plus stupidity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. You, you, and you also you had to run in pairs uh, because of uh, because you were sort of basically in the middle of nowhere, running through the wilderness. Yeah. And so that was my worst experience, I think. So never again. I mm -hmm. yeah, I totally understand that. I find the running hard enough, let alone if you have to kind of think about trying to figure out where you're going and well, hope you're going in the right direction. Well, you sort of you, you pitch the tent for the night and uh, like your two man tent. So there's two of you in the tent. Uh, you're absolutely frozen, you're absolutely sodden, and uh, you sort of have to sort of wear, wear all your clothes in a sleeping bag. You dry out first thing in the morning, you go up at six o'clock, cook your breakfast, it's pouring down with rain, and within within half an hour, you're absolutely soaked again, and you've still got the rest of the day to go. Yeah, yeah. Not, don't, not good. Yeah, don't think I'll ever be doing that. No. No, don't recommend it. So... Is there any last minute advice? I'm going to be coming back to you in the next couple of months anyway. Good uh -huh. advice. Um, but is there any last minute advice that you got for me for uh, for marathon training? Uh, yeah, just um, put the miles in. Really, put the effort in. Um, don't go, don't go too fast to the sort of outset. Just try and enjoy it as much as possible. That's the plan. Basically, it's not an enjoyable experience. But <laughs> no, I plan to enjoy the marathon. Yeah. I just don't know about the miles and miles and miles of of running before. Yeah, well, some people can manage, seem to manage not doing too much, but I think it just makes it worse. I think it makes the race worse. You put the miles in, like uh, Tony did uh, the first time she did it, and... Um, she came out of it and she didn't. She enjoyed it and didn't suffer too much. Yeah, I think you just have to get used to it. So your body gets used to long runs and your legs get used to it. So that when you actually do it on the day, you're not gonna. That's right. You got. You, you got. No, I mean, you don't have to run. You don't have to run the full distance beforehand. <laughs> you have to um, maybe up to eighteen, twenty miles. But once you, if you can do 20 miles, you can finish it. Yeah, obviously, because you've got yeah. the extra push of... Yeah, of and it helps in a big race like the London, uh, because there's 40,000 of you. Whereas when I won the Langdale, I think the total number was 200 in the whole race. Oh, OK. So it's quite a quiet run. Yeah, it's quite a quiet race, yeah. And uh, um, I spent the last... For, well, when I got to 20 miles and took water, one of the marshals there said, 
there's a runner in front of you. And there's just one runner in front of you. And I was running with somebody else and I said to the other, the other bloke, oh, we'll have to chase him. And he went, no, I can't go any faster. And I sort of accelerated as much as you can and chased him and caught him with about three miles from the finish up a hill and uh, yeah yeah oh, so well. you gotta have <coughs> self-determination as well yeah i noticed that in park run when i've done park run uh, a few weeks ago it's just spotted someone and going okay i'm gonna try and overtake them they did overtake me afterwards but then i went and overtook them again and it was a bit of kind of tag uh, until the finish when I managed to overtake a couple of people. Yeah, but I mean, when I first started, I mean, the first race I did was a half marathon. I can't think where it was now. It was somewhere up in uh, East Anglia. Really flat course. And I can remember someone coming up behind us and overtaking us. And I said... Uh, are you last? And he went, no, you are now. <laughs> so that's how I started. Yeah. <laughs> so I've been right at the back. And uh, that's what spurred me on, I think, to uh, to be better and faster. And and that's why I knew uh, shorter races I couldn't do because I, I didn't have the fast sprint muscles. Yeah. I had, uh, I had enough endurance muscles to... Uh, endurance fibres in your legs to... Uh, to keep me going over a long distance. Yeah, yeah, cool. Sounds good. So thank you for the advice and for, right. for the chat today. Yeah, I hope, you, hope you get on well and I hope you enjoy it. Yeah, I, I plan to try at least. So and don't keep your kids waiting too long. Yeah, I won't. I won't. <laughs> I've, to, I've told them six hours, so they won't notice if it's seven hours. But <laughs> my, my goal is. Uh, Basically, try and do it before I have to run on the pavement, which is seven hours, and definitely before eight hours, which is you know the sweeping up behind you. Yeah, so definitely be doing that. So yeah, you should be able to do that, all right. So well, thank you very much for the chat. It's always good to hear from someone who's done a marathon, especially someone who's done twenty-five marathons. Mm-hmm. An experience. And I said I'm sure I'll be speaking to you again soon for more training when I'm up my mile. Uh huh. So thank you very much, Trevor. It's quite all right. And I'll speak to you again soon. And for everyone else, there'll be another episode of Limp to the Finish soon. So subscribe to this on some player, whatever you're listening on. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye.